Good morning. So I'm going to close our service at this point. Uh, no, just kidding. We, I think we've been amazing. That's a tough act to follow right there, Pastor, isn't it? That's one, wonderful, wonderful what God has done. Zechariah says, don't despise the day of small things, you know. It's, uh, you, the kids look small right now, but wait. Wait and see what the Spirit of God will do, right? Uh, Charles Finney, I think it is, said, uh, the world is yet to see what God will do in the life of a man who's fully committed to him. And I, I, every time I think of that, I, it's like, wow, power. That's what God wants to do in our kids, right? So this holiday season is upon us again, isn't it? How you doing? You all okay? Did, did you survive Black Friday? Right? Get out of there in one piece? <laughs> I, I saw this uh, picture on the internet, a lot of funny, funny things. But this one was beautiful. It showed a picture of the three crosses on Calvary. And it said, only one Black Friday has eternal benefits. And I really liked that. I was like, yes, that's Jesus. Yes. This time of year, I try desperately to hold on to the true meaning of the season. To be filled with the true Christmas spirit and not get pulled into the commercialism, the greed, the excess that the counterfeit spirit of Christmas would try to swallow us up into and leave us empty, broke, overweight, and exhausted when all is said and done. It takes work. To keep the car on the road, doesn't it? You have to put both hands on the steering wheel and fight those temptations, right? Uh, but it's really worth it. See, God has some very true riches, some precious gems, if you will, to be uncovered in the process of Christmas if we will be vigilant enough to stay the right course. I choose to travel the higher road, the road less traveled, if you will. It's easy just to get caught up in the flow, isn't it? You know, it's, <laughs> this commercial's coming at you left and right. You know, the internet, TV, it's like, wow. Just when you thought you were safe, shabang. That's right in your face, right? And it's like, well, that does look kind of good. I wonder how we can pay for that, right? It's like iPads, iPods, you know, tablets, phones, you name it, right? They're fun, they're handy, but you know what? You could have every iPad, iPod. I, I was with somebody at a, a family gathering this past week, and they had iPads. They had more iPads than they knew what to do with. They had these, I don't know what they called it, but just Apple laptops and this and that and this and that, and good for them. God bless them. But you know what? That does not do it, does it? You know, nothing against Apple. I am a PC guy, though. But uh, you know what I'm saying? It's just you could have every Apple in the world, right? Adam did. Where'd he get him, right? But, <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, we want to focus on that which truly satisfies. Amen? So this season, we want to keep both hands on the road so that we can understand the mind of Christ, so we can tap into the digital channel of God's heartbeat and listen to the heartbeat of Almighty God and how much he loves us 
in how much he loves others, in how much he, he has done by sending his son Jesus, the true gift of the season, right? The true reason for the season. He sent it to us. He would have sent it to you alone, wouldn't he have? To you alone, he would have let his perfect lamb die. His perfect son die. He loves you that much. But you know what? He did it so that many, many, many would be saved. And many, many, many would have that Christmas spirit. I'll tell you, when I listen to some of the old hymns, the old song, Joy to the World, you know, God bless you, merry gentlemen, right? Silent night. I was a little grieved. I saw a, uh, a billboard on Morrissey Boulevard last night. Was it last night? Yeah. When I was coming back from work yesterday, I was working in downtown Boston, and um, it said, silent night. And then dot, 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 it said, I doubt it. You know, it was like these people were, were into their electronic device, you know? And, uh, oh, it's not going to be too silent. And it's like, do you know what you're missing? You know, you may be able to see good information, quick information, pretty information, right? But you know what? You'll miss out there because you won't be still and know that he's God. You know, you can be distracted by a lot of things that may seem kind of innocuous, you know? Not bad. But you know what? Do you really want to miss out on what God is doing? I don't. It's going to take work, isn't it? We need both hands on the wheel so that we can see and hear and experience the fullness of the beautiful things that God is doing in this precious and holy time of year. Amen? See, the enemy of our soul, the counterfeiter, he wants to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's called the spoiler, isn't he? You know, it's like Christmas. You know, it's so precious. It seems so obvious and innocent. You know, it's a little child was born in a manger, a humble setting, a beautiful thing, right? And it's God's love. But yet, <laughs> you, you get Walsh or Madison Ave or whatever it is to start spinning that baby. God, help us. Before you know it, it's like, wow, what happened? You know, the, the circuits are like, you know, frizzing all over the place trying to encompass what the marketing gurus have done to us, right? Trying to make it into something that it's like very, very foreign to what God, the message that God wants us to receive. It's not always easy to listen to the still small voice of God, even in the midst of such a beautiful time of year as Christmas, especially in the midst of such a beautiful time of year as Christmas. Because you know what? God is presenting an incredibly valuable and rich message that you need to hear and that I need to hear. And he wants us to experience the fullness of it and also to share it with many others because there's many people that need what God is wanting to give. The gifts, the precious gifts that God is trying to give to people all around us, to neighbors and friends and people that we don't even know are our neighbors, are our friends that desperately need God to come into their life. Amen? So we need to be tuned in. We need to be tuned in. So I really want to help us relax a little bit here 
so that we can step back and we can see a little more macro view of maybe what God might be trying to say. He might be like tugging on your heart right now and saying, you know, that went a little bit off over Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Or maybe that went way off over Thanksgiving. What happened? Right? You know, God doesn't want us to go off, does he? Did I? Oh, jeez. That's what happened. Sorry. This went off. Oh. <laughs> so let's put on the rewind button, okay? So Thanksgiving, what did you do? You know, what is Thanksgiving supposed to be all about, right? It isn't all about football, guys. Sorry to disappoint you. I'm a big football fan. I used to play in college, all that stuff. So that's maybe crushing news to me, too. The Patriots did good, though, didn't they? But it isn't all about football, right? That's not the whole thing. It's not, certainly not all about eating and eating and eating and eating. Although I had some dynamite pecan pie this weekend that was hard to beat. But you know what? I could eat that pecan pie until I'm green in, in, in the face and my head feel, falls My hair falls out, right? But it would not satisfy, would it? That is a nice little thing. But you know what? You want to focus on that which will satisfy. Enjoy those things, but those are just things, aren't they? Those are just little frills, little, little things on the side, right? Thank God he does little treats for us here and there. But you know what? It's not the most important thing, right? It certainly is not about drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. And boy, I've experienced that in the past. Don't want to have to go through it in the future. Some of you know what I mean. God help us. Things that are meant to be a day of thanksgiving to Almighty God can turn pretty ugly because people get into the the gifts too much, right? They they, they take something that might be okay on its own, right? A little turkey, right? A little turkey tastes good. Gravy, stuffing, all that. But you know what? You can take it to a excess. And that really turns the blessing of God and makes it into a curse instead, doesn't it? It makes it into something ugly when it was meant to be something beautiful. Amen? So God wants us to experience his beauty. He wants to bring joy. He wants to bring peace. He wants us to have a holy time this time of year. And you know what? Holiness is not a boring and awful, and let me take everything away from you type of thing, right? You know, God, <laughs> you know, God so loved the world that he gave, didn't he? You know, too many people I think these days think being holy, being close to God means you're going to have all these things taken out of your life. That's not it, is it, people? Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly, didn't he? He wants to fill our lives with good things, right? Psalm, one of the Psalms says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Wow. God wants to fill our lives with good things. But you know what? He wants us to focus on what's important in life, doesn't he? Because, you know, the enemy is always saying, Well, that's what God's doing. 
Well, let me crowd them. Let me try to distract them from that. Let me fill their life with all these things that may be okay in and of themselves, but I can really pull them away from the, the substance, the thing that's really important that God wants to bring us into, right? So Thanksgiving, you know, just a look. Isn't it really more about being together with family and friends, with neighbors and loved ones, and thanking God for everything he does, forgiving us our families, our loved ones, our daily bread, our precious freedom, right? Hallelujah. And and the great potential we have in Jesus. Thank you, God, for being such a wonderful Father, such a wonderful Lord, such a wonderful God, and such a wonderful friend. I'm a friend of God. How about you? Don't you love being a friend of God? Ooh, wouldn't want to be his enemy, huh? He's a big guy, isn't he? Is that what your Thanksgiving was about? Were you filled with the true joy of saying, God, you're the best. Thank you. Look at this turkey, God. Thank you. Look at that pecan pie. Thanks a lot. That was great. <laughs> right? How about those Pats, God? How about those? He's a Pats fan, I think. What do you think? But uh, anyhow, there's a lot to be thankful for, isn't there? But you know what? We cannot let those carrots distract us from that which is truly important. Right? God does not want us majoring in the minors in life, Peter. People. And I, I'm ashamed to say that I have done that far too many times. But I don't want to do it anymore. I want to focus on that which is truly important. Right? The enemy of our soul wants us to focus on the hoopla, the food, the excess, and to forget or minimize thanking God, spending quality time with others, with family and friends. I want to spend my time on that which will have eternal dividends and not that which is just passing, right? As you get older in life, you know, you, you understand that experience, I remember when I was younger, I used to be like, wow, if I could just go to that game, wow, that'd be it. If I could just do this, if I could just go out on this date, right, with this girl, you know, it's beautiful. If I could just do that, my life would be great. As you get older, you say, hey, it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than just scratching an itch that you have, you know what I mean? About doing something or getting something or being somewhere right? It's about experiencing the true gift. And the true gift is God himself and Jesus that he has so generously given us, right? I like in Psalm 37, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And you know, that's what it's about, people. It's about not getting distracted by the gifts, you know, the nice little gifts, that would try to lure us away and blurry our focus, you know? All the glitters, but be very, very, very attracted to the giver. Delight yourself in him and watch how he takes care of you. But, all, but, but it's not about excess, people. We know what excess is about, don't we? God has blessed America. He shed his grace on us, hasn't he? You know, listen, even the poorest among us is richer than so many people over the, all over the world. But you know what? It's not all about things, is it? 
You know, I, I tell you, I know some, I have friends from China, from Africa, from all over the world, from Japan, from all over the world. And you know what? Some of them who are poorer in their pocket are much richer in their hearts and in their lives because they understand the true riches and they abide, they live in that and not major in the minors. In America today, I would say, maybe you'll agree, maybe not, but that there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time majoring in the minors. And I say, that, wow, that's pretty poor. That's pretty poor. God wants much, much better than that for us, right? Amen? So let me, let me give you an example of what, I, of, what I, um, of what happens when you focus more on the gifts and on just satisfying yourself, right? It's such a sad thing when all you do is look in the mirror and say, oh, what can I have today? What can I get today? One of my favorite quotes is, measure your day not by what you harvest, but by what you plant. Do you like that? I love that. Because, you know, it's not like, me, 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 give me, give me, I need more, right? It's about, hey, how can I be a blessing, God? How can I use what you've already given me to pour out your riches on others and to make, to do things that have eternal significance? Amen? Isn't that good? You know, it's like, uh, I'll tell you, so much of our wiring is like, well, if I could just have this, or if I could just conquer this, or overtake this, or whatever. It's not about that. Look what Jesus did. Pastor was talking about it today. He humbled himself. He had everything. He had every gift in the world. He had every iPad, iPod, i whatever. You could imagine. He had it going on. He was right at the right hand of the Father. King of kings, Lord of lords. And you know what he did? He humbled himself for you and for me. Wow. Because he got it. He got it. He understands what's important. Now, I'm going to show you a scripture that's very scary. And it's about when we focus more on me, me, me. And when we focus more on the gifts and forget about the giver. Okay? It's from Ezekiel. And tell me if this doesn't remind you of America today. It says, it's Ezekiel 16, 49, for those of you who'd like to look, but I'll read it to you. I'm going to read it from several different translations because I'd like to. Now, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. We all know Sodom and Gomorrah. She lived with her daughters in the lap of luxury. She and her daughters were arrogant, proud, had plenty of food, gluttonous, overfed, lived in great comfort, had an abundance of idleness, were lazy and unconcerned. That's scary, isn't it? That's really scary. And you know what? If you're honest, you'd say, wow. That resembles a lot of what I see in America today. Maybe in your life, I don't know. I'm not your judge. But you know what? <laughs> it scares me because you know what? I love America. I love my brothers and sisters. 
I want America's best days to be in front of us and not behind us. But you know what? We need to take a look at the yardstick, the standard, the Word of God, and say, well, as I look into that mirror, what do I really look like? Not what I'd like to look like. What do I really look like? You know why? Because then you can repent. Then you can say, God, what a jerk I've been. God, forgive me. I like what Doc was, Doc's prayer. That was very honest, Doc. Very honest. Is Doc here? It was very honest. You know, it's like if, you, if you're real, you'll understand that, you know what, we all have a lot of repenting to do. It's true. <laughs> I repent every day. I try to. When I'm on my game, I repent every day. When I'm starting to think I'm beyond that, that's when I'm way off, when I'm going way off the road, digging into a ditch, right? You know what Job says? Who is man who drinks iniquity like water? That's what we do at times, is we drink iniquity like water. We don't even know it. Oh, I'm just having a drink. Guess what? Guess what you just swallowed, right? God help us. Let me go on. It said they lived that life, right? Arrogant, proud, plenty of food, gluttonous, overfed, great comfort, abundance of idleness, lazy and unconcerned, while the poor and needy suffered outside her door. They did not help the poor and needy. They ignored the oppressed and the poor. They put on airs and lived obscene lives. And you know what happened to them? I did away with them. We must be vigilant to keep our lives and our families from getting caught up in that selfish mindset that tries to take over this time of year. The counterfeit of the true meaning of Christmas, which whines and complains rather loudly at times. It's all about me and what I want. I deserve this and that and this and that. iPads, iPods, I everything. It's not about I, it's about him. Right? More, I need more. Give me more. I need this gift and that gift and this gift. While some others, just outside your door, my door, just down the street, just across town, just in Haiti, just in Boston, just need a place to stay warm or a few bites to eat. Maybe some warm clothes to wear. Maybe some little gift a little something, so that they know somebody cares about what they're going through. You know, there's a lot of people going through stuff these days, aren't there? Boy, I bet you if I did a show of hands right now, I think most everybody would say, I'm going through some stuff, or my husband, wife, kid, whatever, sister, mother, father, whatever, going through some stuff. Let me ask you a question. Do you know somebody who's going through stuff and could use a touch from God through you at this point? Is there somebody that you can help by just making a phone call and asking a few questions and taking a drive down the street and buying somebody something or doing something for somebody? You know what I like in Isaiah 58? It says, some of the things that God wants us to do, it says, be available to your own families. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm a busy guy. I work six days a week. 
don't have a lot of free time. Free time, I sleep. You know what I mean? I go to bed. That's a good thing to sleep once in a while. So I'm real busy. It's like when something extra comes into the equation, it's like, whoa, what are you trying to do to me? But you know what? I've come to realize that God has things for me to do that I just need to make the time for. No doubt about it. No excuses. No nothing. Just do it. So there may be people in your family that are hurting and that you might be God's answer to their dilemma. And you know what you need to do? You need to go. You know what I need to do? I need to go. Pick up that phone. Take some time instead of sitting in front of a ball game or whatever and go over somebody's house. You know? It can make a huge difference. And just say, God, you know, use me. You know what I pray for all the time? It's for God to use me for divine appointments. Say, God, please make a couple of divine appointments for me today. You know, bring somebody in my life that I can really touch in Jesus' name. That there's something I have or that I can access that can be a great blessing to somebody else. And you know what he does? He brings divine appointments. And he makes me shine, even though I'm nothing. I know that. But you know what? He finds a way. He finds a way for me to believe. He finds, a w- he finds that little light of mine, wherever it may be. It makes me shine because you know what? I want to. I know I need to. You know what? A lot of times it's not them that need the help. It's me. Because you know, <laughs> at times we just don't understand where we're, the dilemma we're in. You know, I bet you these people in Ezekiel, they, they had no idea. They thought, hey, I got it going on. I got all sorts of money, lap of luxury. Hey, I got it, I got it good. God must love me, right? Yes, he does love you. And you best be using what you have to please him because he's given every bit and the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Do you want to be more blessed? Do you want your kids to be more blessed? Teach them to give. They would, listen, God will take care of the books, okay? He will make sure they receive. You know who I like giving to? I like giving to people who can't do a thing for me. That's who I really like giving to, right? If I give to somebody who has a lot of money, guess what? They'll find a way to, to pay me back for it. It's like, listen, I'm not interested in that. That's how business works, isn't it? Yeah. What, who I want to give to is somebody who can't pay me back. You know Why? Because then Almighty God will be the one paying me back. And that's what I'm interested in. Because he knows where I'm naked. Do you understand? He knows what needs covering in my life. Do you understand? Revelations, right? It says, you say that you're rich, yet you're poor, blind, and naked. Right? Sometimes we don't even see the state we're in. We don't even know the needs we have. We need something covered in our lives, and we don't even see it. We don't even realize it. But you know what Almighty God does? And you know what you can do about that? What I can do about that? Is to use what we have, to give of what we have, and of who we are, so Almighty God will give us what we so desperately need. I remember growing up weeks before Christmas, all I could think about was that special one toy, right? 
What was your one toy? You know, you're saying, oh, I hope I get that toy. You know, mine for one year was a rifle. There was this rifle that, uh, you know, it was like, man, if I could just get that rifle, I would be the man, right? Another year it was, uh, at, was it Johnny West or something like that? It was a doll uh, uh, with a cowboy hat, and uh, he had Apache Joe or something like that, and they had plastic horses, they said, and they had all sorts of gear and stirrups and everything. Man, if I just got that, I'd be cool. You know what I mean? All I could think about before Christmas, the weeks before Christmas, it was like, oh, I hope I get those for Christmas. I hope I get them. It's like my, I was just a kid, a crazy kid. Wasn't bad at all, was it? But you know what? We're not kids anymore, are we? We need to know that it's not about satisfying us. If you are seeking to, if you are focused on satisfying yourself in life, you will be chasing your tail all life long. But if you're focused on satisfying him, you're going to be blessed. And you're going to be a blessing to so many people. Amen? Amen. So I say, hey, I'm going to focus more on the giver. And I'm not going to worry so much about the gifts. I told my wife this year, she was saying, Peter, you know what? You know... We have, you know, bills and bills and bills. And I said, honey, don't worry about me. I don't need anything for Christmas. I need him. I need the giver of all gifts. So don't worry about what's under the tree. That doesn't matter to me. really doesn't. What matters to me is the love of my family and friends, right? But also his love and his purpose for my life. That's what matters. And you know what? If I just please him with what I already have... Wow, I'm going to be a blessed, a very, very blessed man. Because gifts will come and gifts will go, don't they, people? You, you parents around here know what I'm talking about. You know, your kids have a laundry list. It's like, whew, a, a Christmas list. It's like, wow. You know, Pastor was talking about Mike the other day. That's probably what you're smiling about, about Mike with this list. And that's great. It's a kid, you know. It's wonderful. You love your kids. God bless them. You know, hey, listen. But you know what? <laughs> You know, the reality of it is, a lot of those gifts that our kids want, they turn into, um, about a month later, they turn into piles of junk in our living room floor that, that the kids never even pay attention to anymore. Is it true? How many people can say amen to that? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I know for me, all these things that I was like, oh, uh, uh, you know, it was like, I looked like I had to go to the bathroom. I was so, please give me that gift, please, please. It's like... Kid, calm down. Well, you don't really need it. You know, you just think you need it. And when I got it, it was great for like, what, three days, maybe a week? I was like, wow, this is great. Then after that, I'd look at it like one day a week, and then after that, I never even looked at it again. Right? And it's like, wow. <laughs> Meanwhile, the parents have that big credit card bill coming at you in February, right? And it's like, wow, they don't even play with most of those toys anymore. You know, it, it wasn't it true that a lot of times it was the simpler, cheap thing that you got them was the thing that they really held on to and really valued. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not about things in life, people. It's about him. It's about the true gift. And it's about what he does, what he has done in sending Jesus, the true reason for the season, and what he does, what he's about. And just being a part of what he's about that's exciting to me. It's like, wow, God. When I get a glimpse of the heart of God and how much he loves us 
and how much he loves people that desperately need his help, I fall in love all over again with God. It's like that song, I'm falling in love again, over and over and over and over again. And then it goes on, it says, life gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. I'm falling in love again, over and over and over and over again. Delighting in God. That's where it's at, people. Not getting distracted by all the stuff, all the glitz, all the glimmer, all the glitters. Right? It's about him. That's what will satisfy you. His name is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Listen to John 1, what it said about Emmanuel and about our need for him. It says, the word of God became a human being and lived among us. We saw his splendor, the splendor as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Let me ask you, do any of the other gifts you're planning on giving this Christmas have splendor? <laughs> huh? Maybe splendor, right? Maybe you're giving somebody some diet tea or something like that, but not splendor. You know what? God's gifts has splendor. It's precious. It's wonderful. It's enduring. It's incredibly valuable, right? Another version says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Wow. It's like this gift. It's like, wow. It moved into my life, and it's made everything better. It's changed everything. It's taken away my sorrows. It's taken away my ashes. It's taken away my depression, and it's filled me with joy. It's filled me with meaning and purpose in life, right? Isaiah says God exchanges beauty for ashes, He exchanges from sorrow and despair. He's able to give us joy, an abundance of joy. Joy to your world. The Lord has come. Let every earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and nature sing. Right, Tim? Let heaven and heaven and nature saying, it's like, wow, this is the gift that's worth getting excited about. This is what God has done. He's already given it to your people. So if you're thinking right now or this Christmas, wow, I sure wish I could have this or that. Think about the gift you have. And think about how much God wants you to use that. And think about if you realize that he's right in your own neighborhood. You just have to unwrap it again. Take a look at it. Polish it up. Work on that relationship. Get in your word. Get in your word and say, God, show me. Show me what I can do so that I can see the precious value of this gift in action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the gift that keeps on giving right? He moved into our neighborhood. Do you live your life fully aware of that truth? Do your kids and your family live that life, live their lives fully aware of that truth? If you do, it will change everything. Nothing will ever be the same. 
Do you know what happens, people? We fall asleep. We eat too much turkey, eat too much pecan pie, do too much drinking, and we fall asleep. We're like a beached whale on the couch. We lie down and we... Don't say you do look like a beach whale, Pastor, okay? Because I'll really be insulted. Do you, know what, do you know what I'm saying, people? We do not want to be inactive with this gift. This gift is meant to be used. It's precious. It gets even more beautiful in our eyes when we open it up and use it again and again and again. My wife loves to repackage gifts. Just telling this family secret here, please don't uh, keep it between the small group of friends here, okay? But uh, she likes to repackage gifts. Guess what? The gift that God has given us gets better and better as you repackage it. As you take it out and say, listen, I love you, neighbor, person across the street, family member. I love you so much. I want you to have the most precious gift there is. His name is Jesus. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. It will change your life. Oh, pray for those divine appointments, people. Do you know the other night I had one of those? I prayed for my divine appointments. And um, we go out on the street on Friday night and feed the homeless in Boston. And we're out there, and this homeless lady that I know looked up at me and said, you need to talk to this guy. And I was like, I looked over, and it was this other kid, this young kid named Adam. He's, I think he said he was 22. But we've seen him, you know, weeks before. She said, he's in trouble. He needs your help. So I went over, I said, Adam, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, good. He said, well, really not so good. He said, uh, can you come over here, and I'll talk to you over here. I really don't want everybody to hear what I'm going to tell you. So we went over here, about 10, 20 feet away. And he rolled up his shirt sleeves, and he showed me he had cuts all up and down his arms. He had slashed his arms like six or eight times. Not little slashes, deep, deep cuts. Tried to kill himself. 22-year-old kid, you know. He said to me, yeah, this girl that I know, she told me I was ugly. And she told, you know, she told me she didn't love me and all this sort of thing. And I tried to kill myself, slashed himself open a number of times. God help us. God help us. Do you know, Pastor was saying that scripture, God, when you pray, when you care, listen, I looked at this kid, I said, what am I going to do for this kid? You know, he almost killed himself. He's still out here in the streets, whatever he's doing, crazy. What am I going to do for him? But you know what? I realized it wasn't me. Because you know what? I really don't have a lot to offer. You know who does have a lot to offer? He does. And you know what? He wants to work through a puny old no one like me. You know how? It says in, you know, pastors been encouraging people to get into prayer and to read that book. And to, you know, prayer is important. James says, the fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man has... Great power and wonderful results. That's what I need. That's what he needs, that kid. Because you know what? He tried to kill himself and he almost did it. And you know what? I don't want that kid going to hell. God help us. I know God doesn't want him going to hell. 
I know what he's doing surely isn't taking him to heaven or, or headed anywhere near that direction. But I also know that we have a mighty God, the splendor of the king, veiled in majesty. Let all the world rejoice. All the world rejoice. Why? Because there's this kid who doesn't even know enough to keep himself alive, slashing his arms with knives, trying to kill himself. You know why? Because he hasn't traded his sorrow yet. His ashes yet. His depression yet. For the joy of the Lord. And you know what? Jesus wants to make that transaction. He's going to make it free. He's already provided the gift. But he wants you to take it to him. So God gave me an opportunity to lead this kid to the Lord. To say, he said the sinner's prayer. He was eager to say it. Now, I don't know what he's doing now. He might be still acting crazy out there. But you know what happens when we pray prayers where our hearts are beating fast? And we're saying, God, please help this kid. The fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man. Why am I righteous? Certainly not because I'm something, because I'm not. But because he's righteous. And Jesus is my righteousness. The fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. So you know what? When I pray, or you pray, any of us pray, and we really care about what we're praying for, God, it says, Pastor shared it earlier, a beautiful scripture, he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. I said, God, Please give your angels charge over Adam to keep him on all his ways so he doesn't succeed in cutting himself up. And so he'll trade all that ashes, all that despair, all that depression for beauty, for joy, for God's grace in his life, for his God's bodyguards, his angels, his ministering spirits. To get busy in that boy's life, that will change his world. That will bring joy to his world because God moved in to the neighborhood. Hallelujah. I love going out with my daughter Katie because you know what? She brings kids from school. She brought like last time, last week she brought like four other kids with her. And I'm like, wow, God. You know what it says in John? says, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. You know, it's wonderful to be a part of anything God does. And I'm sure Pastor could tell you, give you a laundry list of a lot of things that God's doing, right? That you can be a part of. But you know what? When you can take your kids through that. Yeah. I remember when I pastored down at Lighthouse in Hull. We were praying for the single mother. And she had just got her lights turned off, her heat turned off, her boyfriend was beating her up. Just praying for another desperate situation. Just laying hands on her, praying for her. Katie was about that tall. Katie saw us praying, and she came running down the little banquet hall, and she just wrapped her arms around the lady's leg and put her head on her, leaned her head up on her leg, and just prayed with Daddy and with a couple of the other people. And you know what? That lady just started sobbing. You know why? 
she knew that the prayers were fervent and effective and that they would have great power and have wonderful results. Because you know what? God's got the biggest heart of us all, people. And you know what? He's waiting to do these miracles. He wants to bring joy to our world. Hallelujah. We need to understand that we're in a battle for the hearts and souls, the lives of all mankind. Silent Night, it says, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, wherever it says that. You know, it's like God wants to move. He knows that there's turmoil. He knows that there's fighting. Look at the Middle East. God help us. I talk to Pete a lot about Kenya and uh, Doc about Nigeria and a lot of people. About uh, friends. I have friends that are Coptic Christians in Egypt where there's so much turmoil, where they're throwing grenades in churches. They're burning down churches. They're, they're selling daughter, their daughters into sexual slavery. Some of the opposition in Egypt are doing that. They're kidnapping and selling their daughters. Just so much horror, so much despair, so much that is wrong. God is able to make it right. But he needs to see that we care, people, that we care about these things. It's not about us. It's about him, and it's about them. And he will use us, and he will enrich our lives greatly if we care. And we say, God, help me. Help me. Help my, help my desperate heart not to be so desperate and selfish and idle and lazy and gluttonous and every other horrible thing it's been. Forgive me, God. Scripture goes on. Will you help them, glad tidings? Your name is good news isn't it? And you know what? A lot of you have. A lot of you have stepped up to the plate. But you know, we need to be the good news with the gospel in our hearts and in our lives and be doers of the word and doers of the work that we would be blessed in what we do, that many, many others would be blessed in what they do, that much more joy would be in this world, especially in the next few weeks, but even all year round. Let's bring joy to the world through Jesus, whose heart is just pumping with joy, just wanting to bless his children, just wanting to right the ills that are plaguing us so desperately in this crazy world. And John, it says, he was in the world, the world was there through him, and yet the world did not even notice him. He came to his own people, but they didn't want him. Whoever did want him, who believed that he was who he claimed, and he would do what he said. He made them to be their true selves, the child of God selves. To all who would receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Hallelujah. So let's bring, let's let God. Through our prayers, people, through our cares, through our making ourselves available, let us be used by God to bring joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. They need to know that this is available, people, so that they can experience that joy. They can experience that power. They can experience that transformation. They can make that trade. 
and get beauty instead of ashes and joy in their world. The song goes on and says, let every heart prepare him room. Let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and heaven and nature sing. We're a vital part in that process. You gotta go. You gotta go. I gotta go. Because there's people that need that joy that Jesus wants to give them through you and through me. Amen. Lord, we just pray that we would not be selfish, that we would not be gluttons, that we would not be lazy, that we would not be unconcerned, God, but rather, God, break our hearts for what breaks yours. God, help us to listen to that still, small voice of your spirit. God, help us to care about people and to, to, to share with them the good news that you can turn their life around. You've moved into the neighborhood and you're doing your wonderful work. You're trading ashes for beauty and joy for despair. God, help us to be about that noble business that you've called us to do. God, help us to bring joy into the lives of many. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. In Jesus' name, amen.